Attention, the movie guys love movies. Any comments about George Clooney's wedding are just an excuse to reference Batman and Robin. Isn't that right, Joel Schumacher? I freeze. I'm Batman. I'm not the marrying kind. <laughs> It took two lines to be reminded of how bad a Batman he was. It, it, it's so funny, though. He's in Bruce Wayne. Good Bruce Wayne. Yeah. He's in Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> he should be the ideal choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's all chin. Playboy. I'll tell you one thing about George Clooney, though. He lived that down immediately. Yeah. Like, I mean, really, like, if people have embarrassments on their, on their you know, credentials or whatever, and they take a long time to live that down. It's funny. We were making that joke last night or whatever about Batman and Robin. It was like, he lived that down next movie. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, never mind, whatever. That did not <laughs> stick to him at all. Yeah, it was it out of sight next? I think so, yeah. yeah something right, like right. that or Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Or, I think a lot of people go, oh, that's right, he was Batman. Moving on. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah, see? yeah, I think he was known for this as well. Never leave the cave without it. <laughs> the bat visa the bat yeah. visa card expires forever is that what it says it's something like that yeah date issued forever or something like that and it makes a little ching sound which is ridiculous why I, would you do that to a movie <laughs> i did like when he argued with uh, robin she wants to kill you dick <laughs> that was good stuff. i actually enjoy that movie quite a bit i've said that before on the show but it is the only big screen adaptation of the uh uh adam west tv show absolutely watching the <laughs> clips today i'm like that's if you can just say forget it I'm, and pr- swap out arnold for caesar romero and yeah, everybody else bane for frank gorshin you're watching <laughs> you're watching basically the, the 60s batman i don't know i'm, I'm okay with that yeah. well welcome to the uh, movie showcast everybody part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire I've seen the future, and it's a bald-headed man from New York. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in Burbank, a city built by people, pride, and progress. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show from us every week. Basically, search the Movie Guys or the Movie Showcast anywhere on Google, Yahoo, or... Bing! Bing! And we come right up. That's iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, and of course, themovieguys.net, absolutely free. And we encourage you to subscribe where you can. And if you do, still, no charge. Now, speaking of themovieguys.net, if you find yourself over there, you can read the article I wrote about Gene We just Hackman. ignore that. Did you oh, see yeah. his face? Imagine, He's I like, imagine. are we going to get landed on? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Don't worry. Nobody notices the planes are flying over, Matt. <laughs> You'll be safe, Matt. They usually don't hit us. Matt, you say? Uh, oh. That's right. We are uh, joined. Spoiler alert. We are joined. Yeah, uh, I didn't know if I was allowed here. to talk yet or not. <laughs> so Big I've just reveal. been like, real quiet. So yeah. Well, his eyes just got really big when the plane sound happened. I thought that was my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> we have an uh, Emmy-nominated comedian, <gasps> writer, improviser, and Second City alum. Touch. Touch. Would you say you're a Second City alum or, a, or alum or alumni? Alum. Uh, alum. Alum? Or alum. Or alum. Alum, yeah. Alum, if you're <laughs> an old three students short and yeah. you have to find something on the shelf to put in a thing oh, to alum. make things crazy <laughs> things happen. Yeah. It makes somebody fuck up. Alum, come home, alum. <laughs> There's alum everywhere in, <laughs> in society in like three yeah. stooges. Yeah, every, I've never seen qu- every cupboard with all of the spices has that in it. Right next to ether. Yeah, right Which next to ether. Right home. And Limburger <laughs> cheese. <laughs> like yeah. Just sitting out. Yeah. yeah. Has anyone ever had Limburger cheese I throw to the no, table? I have. And how is it? It's it tastes better than it smells. Yeah. Oh, oh. It is like a blue cheese, so it's a oh, it's like a moldy yeah, cheese, strong. but it yeah. it's like it a smells foot. like feet. Oh, fabulous! <laughs> and it tastes like feet. So. 
But it tastes like good feet. Good hey, feet. that's Matt good Craig, feet. everybody. Matt yeah. Craig. Matt Craig. Uh, my name is Paul Preston here with Lee Caius, Adam Witt, and Karen Volpe. Uh, check out our show here, the uh, movie showcast on WBAD.net, Fridays at 4 and JonasMountRadio.com, Thursdays at 6, if you want another way to listen to our fine program. Uh, what do we got today? We've got uh, Karen's birthdays, a gift exchange, some movie reviews, and of course we want to prepare you, the humble moviegoer, for what's coming up in theaters as we bring you the core of every show the Movie Guys movie previews. Two films to discuss as we enter October. This week, uh, it seems, it sucks to be a blonde white woman as they find themselves in peril in this week's <laughs> movies. First in Annabelle, about a possessed toy. Let's uh, play a clip of that. Hi, my name is Teddy Ruxpin. Can you and I be friends? <laughs> That's how I remember the commercial, quite <laughs> frankly. I think that was a clip. That might have been one. Uh, and the highly anticipated Gone Girl, oh, which yeah. is not only a movie, but also the clever title Variety has up its sleeve for when Zoe Deschanel's sitcom gets canceled. She has oh. a sitcom? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's play a little clip of that. Nick Dunn, you're probably the most hated man in America right now. Did you kill your wife, Nick? That's the big question. Mm. That's the crux of the movie. You're going into the movie basically to find out the answer to that Unless you've read the book like Matt Craig, in which case you know. (gasps) Matt Craig, I wanted to read the book. (laughs) I know all the answers. I'm so excited and intrigued. Yes, please don't spoil. By you and by the book. Well, yeah, and I won't. I won't spoil. Wouldn't it be great if he just said the ending and then oh left, God, the, left the Admiral's Club? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not. I don't know if this if this spoils it, but it's not. There's no mystery, and I don't. There is no. It's it's just long, one long rambling like kind of a young man's journey movie. Can I? I, I don't want to see a, it I don't want to see a young man's journey <laughs> like, like movie. Like Danny, the champion of the world. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> weird. I don't know what this is all about. He basically like he's like he gets on a bus and he goes out and he does word jumbles and stuff. And he hangs out with his friends on the <laughs> railroad tracks. They find it's, a dead body. It's Fincher though, right? So Fincher could make a guy doing word jumbles on a bus yeah. look ribbon, ribbon, right? especially so, on a bus. Yeah, I mean I would watch. Sure. The, I mean that's no. what it's gonna come to. Fincher's gonna put out a movie called like City. <laughs> we'll all be like, it's riveting. <laughs> who who sat there first? Yeah, because after Facebook, the movie that was fascinating, which was, which was fascinating. Success. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? I mean, I was on the edge of my seat in that movie. More oh my than... god, I kept forgetting to breathe. Oh uh, yeah, Facebook. And yet I and know the like, ending. Yeah. There's Wait. Facebook. Is the ending? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Then again, I could have been getting sidetracked by the fact that there were two of the Army Hammers. I yeah. can barely deal with one. Yeah. There were two of them walking around. Yeah. It's very exciting. And, I, and from that moment on, I thought anytime Army Hammer appears in a movie, they should always use him twice. They should, yeah. Just because it That's works. That's what they should have done in Lone Ranger. Uh, yes. Two Lone Rangers. I agree. And f- last step. What a funny truth is stranger than fiction thing. The fact that there were two big white pricks, those jock guys, breathing <laughs> yeah. down his neck. Like yeah. twins. Twins. Yeah. Handsome, <laughs> huge, he couldn't have gone up For a nerd, he couldn't have gone up against anything worse than no. two twin crew rowers. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a bunch. I was always like, I'm so mad, let's go row. <laughs> yeah, that was it. You know, you know I, I, I've learned uh, in talking to you uh, leading up to the show, Matt, that you don't get out to a lot of movies. Yet it sounds like you saw The Lone Ranger. Oh, no. <laughs> I did see The Lone Ranger. That's the one you picked out over there. You know, I will admit that I'm the kind of guy that when I, I go to movies that are big and ridiculous, if I can watch it in my home, which is, I don't, I have children right now, which means that my, and I love movies, and I used to go all the time, but I'm well behind. But now when I do want to spend money to go see a movie, I want to see something that is going to 
be worth being in this huge space and and sometimes it backfires because there is a definite definite inverse proportion of movies that you can watch in your home are usually story-wise more intriguing than the ones that you can see although guardians of the galaxy broke that for me and but i fell asleep in that transformers movie in 3D when that because to me there was a whole chunk of that that was like watching bike chains or like the the, the workings <laughs> of a clock I was like what is happening oh, I've always said, I've always said I you felt throw so a... fucking old I was like oh, and then I fell asleep which solidified it that you I was throw like, a toolbox in the air that's yeah. two Transformers fighting yeah that's what I was like wait wait who's who who am I rooting for you're all metal it's a beautiful clock <laughs> well now that you have children it has to be worth it for you to go out and then watch a movie while putting up with other people's children yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's all movies are. But now. I will it's like admit, a daycare center. seeing those movies now with a kid is a whole new experience. Because now, what movie I, would you not take your child to out today? I mean, how old are your kids? Uh, five and two. So uh, everything's fair game, right? <laughs> well, well, then you know, it's you, now my daughter's old enough to understand that, like, what terrifies her. <laughs> and there are, you know, there are moments that, and some most of it is Disney, you know, and Disney's getting Very wiser. Scary. About, I was Very there. Scary. I was part of the Frozen phenomena, though, because oh, yeah? of her. Like, I saw this movie and was like, oh, this is going to be tripe like most of them. And then I was like, no, this is actually a pretty good story. And then it just sucks. All the girls just get sucked into it. They're like, they have two choices of who they want to be. Both are heroes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Anyhow. I mean the, the girls love Disney princess movies. Oh, well, here's one with two, two of them. Yeah. I mean, like, I, we doubled up the odds. Somebody who just was a yeah. winner when they thought that yeah. up over at Disney. It's like Facebook having the two jocks. Now you got two princesses. <laughs> yeah. See, everybody's happy. Well, let's get to our first film. Uh, you, know what, you know what you get an audience to celebrate the one-year anniversary of a hit horror movie, don't you? That's right. A sequel. Let's talk Annabelle. Adam? Annabelle is the prequel to the hit budget constraints of 2013's The Conjuring, which made over $300 million on a budget of $14 and an old shoe. The star of The Conjuring returns to the role she originated. That would be a doll named Annabelle. Fear not, no actors were cast in the making of this movie. In this film, Annabelle actually gets her name the title. Forget name above the title, real stars get their name the title. Just like that movie Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> In Annabelle, we get the backstory for The Conjuring fans were clamoring for and find out how the doll became cursed to begin with. It's a premise that's sure to make fans of The Conjuring say, uh, sure. In The Conjuring <laughs> Origins, Annabelle, a clueless husband buys the creepiest, scariest-looking doll ever for his expectant wife, and they proceed to not notice this fact as they leave the doll lying around super scary-looking as their lives are turned into a door from hell. More creepy dolls. Did we learn nothing from Child's Play? I am Chucky, the killer doll, and I dig it! Oh <laughs> a little on the nose, don't you think? Yeah. And dolls, and dead silence, and May, and magic, and poltergeist, and puppet master, and delivers from evil, and uh, talky Tina. Uh, agreed, agreed, agreed. Like, hey, put this amazingly creepy doll with a demonic smile on, it, on its face in the same room as your infant child. What, what could possibly go right? Actually, dolls do get a bad rap in the movies. Teddy bears actually make out much better. Oh, my God, where are my manners? Laurie, this is Angelique, Heavenly, Shireen, and Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> I love you girls. You know, somewhere out there are four terrible fathers I wish I could thank for this great night. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Buds. to this movie, because after the couple survives a home invasion by satanic cultists, which causes the doll to become possessed, the family does the smartest thing in the history of horror movies. They move! Yay! Well done. Congratulations, family. Well played, family. Well played. Now, unfortunately, as we've already given away, it wasn't the house that was the problem. Rather, it's the doll that is, according to the studio's description of the film, a sinister conduit to the damned. <laughs> and I just want to take a second to say, way to go, marketing guy. Way to go, marketing guy. Sinister conduit to the damned. I'd, like to, I'd also like to say, way to go, marketing guy, for releasing your horror movie in, get this, October. Brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty Smart. Probably going to do pretty well around Halloween time, so take note. Your next, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, A Haunting in Connecticut 2, Oculus, The Quiet Ones, Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, Devil's Do. Agreed. Okay. So, you just throw the doll away, right? Mm-hmm. No, apparently that didn't work because a couple does that and Annabelle still shows up in their belongings even after they move. So what? Burn it? Tie it to a bunch of cinder blocks and sink it to the bottom of the lake of the ocean? You'd think so, but no. I, you know what? I think we actually accidentally played. Premise solved in 10 seconds. Oh, nailed it. It should also be noted that Annabelle Wallace stars as not Annabelle, surprisingly, but as the mom, who I'm sure also has a name. But IMDb is way over there. (laughs) (laughs) And she's the first of two white blonde women in peril this week. This film could stand a dose of Taraji P. Henson from last month's No Good Deed, standing up to all this terror. Black women ain't putting up with this doll shit. Can a sequel succeed Ron Livingston-less or even Patrick (laughs) Wilson-less? We'll find out if the premise alone is enough to bring audiences. There you go. Attaboy, Annabelle. (laughs) Attaboy. Now, with The Conjuring, they probably had a similar trailer to... Actually, we saw the whole preview at uh, WonderCon. They didn't make no mention of the doll, I don't think. Can I just ask you, can I get a a one-sentence reminder of what The Conjuring was? Because I'm fairly certain I saw it, but I don't. (laughs) That's all you're getting. <coughs> yeah, there was a lot of that. There's a really creepy oh, moment right. yeah. where they play this game. Oh, and yeah. And they go off and they go like that, and then some creepy hands come out of the darkness and do that next yeah. to someone. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a scary, scary yes. moment. And there's a doll at one point that is possessed, and this is the origins of the doll. Yeah, I think they figure out the house is not haunted, the doll is haunted, right? Where, where are we in society now that we need to have an origin story for everything? Like, I mean, honestly, like what's next? Like the origin story of where you got your shock top. It was an hour light. ago. I was at the convenience store. Oh. Let me tell you how the convenience store started. Boy, I can make any story boring so by going to excessive going backstory. Back. Going back. What is it with society that everything needs to be explained? That's a good point. It's just simplification at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. But was Darth Vader a child? Well, we'll give you a whole movie and yeah. tell you, yes, he was a yeah. child like all adults. I just <laughs> assume everybody was kind of fucked up in their childhood and that's why they're crazy now. Yeah. Isn't that usually That's the, the origin story yeah. of most people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or I'd rather have like the origin story of this doll. Just I would rather have like the, the Satan playing with it for an hour and a half. Oh. Just to see like what is his playtime like. Yes. <laughs> they Satan keep going. I mean that's where it came from. Right? End up. Wait, yeah. oh, it was a conduit to like what? Two movies <laughs> hey, conduit. Sinister conduit to the damned. Yeah, see? <laughs> a sinister conduit. So. Oh. Okay, hey, this is a good time to play. I always play uh rock band or improv troop. Sinister conduit to the damned. Rock band or improv that's troop. A rock that's band. a rock band. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty easy one. Sure. But listen, they, they have to a, the bagel factory would be uh if it was sinister yeah. conduit to the bagel factory, that's an improv. <laughs> because yeah, right. I'm just thinking cod pieces when I you say the other one. I just yeah. see like studded yeah, cod pieces. Cod piece. They can make uh, any toy. Improv troop or rock band? Cod piece cod could piece? be either way. Okay. <laughs> 
Cut. Well, yeah, that definitely that, go that is a direction. heavy metal group that does a, a short form improv sure. their show. in Norway. And freeze! <laughs> <laughs> they can make any toy scary now. Remember this uh, commercial? My buddy, nah. my buddy, my buddy, that was scary. That he had a weird stare about him. Eventually had my sister or something. Oh yeah, my kid sister. A kid sister. Kid oh, my sister. Yeah, I would love for them to have but my sister. Yeah, I want the my sister doll. Yeah. Kid Isn't sister, that... rock band or improv group. <laughs> rock band. Yeah, I think that it's like an all female. Feels like I've already seen Kid Sister. Yeah. 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 They opened for. Twisted Kid Sister. Well, Twisted Kid Sister. Twisted Kid Sister. All you got to slow down my buddy and it gets scary. My buddy. My buddy, my buddy, I go, yeah, they would slow down these songs for these scary movies, right? Yeah. Here's the scariest part. Actually, sounds a little like Leonard Cohen, right. <laughs> who I like, but it is in that vein of like <laughs> he really lets it sink in. You know, I had a speak and spell when I was a kid, and those speak and spells when the batteries would die would do that, and it would freak me oh, out because awesome. it would get partial. Like it, you'd be like spell butcher, and you would start to spell and it'd be like. B U T H, and it would freak you out. And W sounded like W, W. It wasn't even a real. So I just pressed that over and over again. W, W, W. There was a couple things with speaking spell that you could make it say weird curse words or something, or like you could make it say it's, boobs or. It's a conduit to the damned. I'm telling you, it's a conduit to the damned. Speaking spell. How did speaking spell get the right straw though, and being fun and friendly in an ET movie? And now dolls, of course, are now all evil. Is there any good doll movie? E.T. was great for product endorsement all around. Speak and spell. Oh, you know, nothing Reese's was pieces, damned yeah, except yeah, for did the Did they government. actually introduce Reese's Pieces in that? Or did they exist so. before? Mm-hmm. I, I think, think that was the did. introduction. No, I think that was kind of like the launch. Yeah. There was a uh, yeah. uh, Ryan Gosling film where he had an inflatable doll, and that was kind of like a good doll. <laughs> <laughs> Lars and the Real Girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My buddy. My buddy. This all happened before stalking laws. So it's very stalky. Very rapey, that song. Yeah. Mm. My, my, my buddy. buddy. Whether you like it or not, you're you. my buddy. I'm going through your garbage, <laughs> my buddy. <laughs> I know more about you than is comfortable. You could save money if you got better light bulbs. You should sh- Why do you know this about me? You should shred your mail. My buddy. You are hardly my, my buddy. neighbor. My neighbor. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. The Leonard Cohen is a good it's call. True. <laughs> well, yeah. I love Leonard Cohen. Don't get me wrong. I don't want oh, yeah. He's an we ang- won't tell He's him. angry and old, and I couldn't get shipped on the way to my car. <laughs> I heard you made fun of my music tonight, Matt. Is this your last evening on earth? <laughs> then it's an eight minute song about it. <laughs> Guy made fun of me tonight. <laughs> so I'm gonna see this. Really? Well, just because I like The Conjuring. Uh, the Conjuring. Did you see The Conjuring? It is the best horror movie I've seen since The Strangers, which I'm a huge fan of. I think I, I think The Conjuring is the best one because it did all the yeah. fun stuff that horror movies don't do anymore. All the haunted house stuff and all the cool. And they really nailed the suspense and the creepiness of just an environment and being there. Like, yeah. well, it avoided a lot of the. the 
quote unquote fun stuff too. It's like it didn't have like the dumb characters or dopey horror. It was kind of sober, straight, and trying to scare you. And I, I appreciated that too. Yeah. I mean, I like that fun at a horror movie where the scream guys are running around and being all Jamie Kennedy. But this was like <laughs> gothic feel and historical, and you know, they well, really plus, played it straight. You don't get a lot of haunted it. house movies. I mean, what's the last like haunted house movie? And I, as a kid, like if you saw a haunted house movie, like House on Haunted Hill or something, that was the best because like everything's the enemy. It's like that room, that darkness, that you know. It's like you know you're you're kind of trapped in it. I think. Did that's you two fun. see it in a theater yeah. or at home? Because yeah. I I Grandpa Caius does not go to the movies much anymore because of. Just, yeah. It's just a fucking scene. Because of, of the kids? The kids. Because there's just going to Because your people. kids, there's, I mean. Yes. The ones no, you have at home. Yeah, he doesn't not go to the movies because of Mike. Yeah, because of <laughs> Let's <laughs> clarify that. <laughs> we no, and you go to the 1030 screening thing, I'm avoiding this, and then comes oh, like the five, you know, the adults and the three oh, kids with the, the thing they sit and down. And the baby. Yeah, so baby, I can only no, imagine how annoying audiences are today in scary movies where they're, they're expected to jump and speak and scream at the screen and make noise. Hey, I, I'll tell you, if you want to get over your phobia of this and, and realize that your theater is actually quite sane, what is that one in North Hollywood? The no, North Hollywood 6. Valley or 6. That's Valley where six, I, I think $3. we saw The Conjuring, saw and it was perfect. Oh, that's yeah. a perfect place it to see a horror movie. Perfect, it's haunted. They, that it place haunted. is haunted. And it's haunted with people yelling at the screen. It's a conduit to the damned, turns out. That theater is a conduit to the damned. I was trying to summon you to the seat, so I clapped, and these two creepy hands came out. You're right there. No, but and started texting because the preview, the preview for this movie shows that that kind of undercover video of people in the theater shrieking and, and yeah. recoiling. Yeah, that's a I'm like, oh, this fucking thing. looks so this annoying. Is this is this is the one thing you can show me that makes sure I will not go see your movie. Is a bunch of people <laughs> grabbing yeah. each other and crawling. Oh, over that the makes seats. that makes. I mean, that's that like that, that's like a full crowd that's like laughing in a movie. It's like it gets funnier, it gets scarier, it gets. Please whatever. don't stay home is what they're really trying to say. Yeah. Please support <laughs> the theaters. You know, we're going away. But I didn't think the story on this one looked too particularly clever. Nah, I think they're phoning it in on this one. I think The Conjuring yeah. was super clever, and this is like, all right, make it for cheaper. Maybe it's my OCD, but the one thing about this trailer that bothered me so much was that he goes, here's the doll, and he hands it to the wife, and it's a big doll, so it's maybe three-quarter. It's very big. It's With a face of Satan. Face really. of Satan. <laughs> it's really big. And she goes, oh, all right, because she's being a good sport. And she looks at her adorable dolls in this sweet little holder, <laughs> yeah. and she just kind of shoves it in there, and it's sticking out, and it doesn't fit, and it's bent. And I'm like, And she no, says, this will fit great. This oh, oh, this is, I know oh, exactly where I'll put it. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's sticking out, and her, it looks yeah. like it's going to fall, and it doesn't and fit. And of everything on that shelf, it's clearly the only one that's possessed by the yeah. devil. Like, everything else is fluffy. and yeah. yeah. And even the other dolls are like, are you fucking kidding me? She's like big and awkward. They don't like being there with and her. Even, if, yeah. no. even when like the Annabelle doll was new, maybe it looked fine. But it, but someone's receiving it's it as old. a gift with a burnt face yeah. and all cracked and straight. And you're like, oh, thank you. I mean, it's so unrealistic <laughs> that anyone would appreciate receiving this. Uh, as a wife, what you would do, and I'm sure wife other and wives will mother. know this. A well, I'll assume the expected mother okay. part. As a wife, when your husband gives you a really just you know sad, desperate gift like that, you He's take it you, and you look and you go, oh, thanks, honey. And you immediately put it somewhere where <laughs> no one will see it. Yeah. And you just kindly accept it and then put it behind the shelf. And here we are in the garage surrounded by all the shit I gave you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great premise for like a horror movie is the ill thought 
out gift from your partner that was just clearly gotten from on the way home, and that's always cursed. So like the uh, I got you a new iron or whatever, or I got you uh, this or whatever. Yeah, something all those from gifts, Walgreens. All those gifts come together and create a and they create a yeah. transformer, and we can't tell what the fuck you is can't going tell on. what his head is or its feet. Like, yeah. I'm sure I didn't give you those gifts, honey. I don't know what the fuck. Does this actually answer where Annabelle came from, or is it just now there's a creepy doll? Oh, yeah. Um, no, it does answer. It. He just bought it for us. So, no, we could go back further. Because no, that's what I'm saying. Is no. there a sequel to oh. this that I can look forward to? Yes. The factory. But the, it does answer like, it. it. The factory oh, where the doll no, was made, <laughs> one doll was made in a, a, as a, in a factory fire. And then it burned fire. down. <laughs> no, Matt, I think there actually is an explanation in this movie because the all the previews we've read said the home is invaded by satanic cultists. And then, oh. and then, and then that's when things go wrong. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah, right. Shortly after the satanic cultists arrive, everything just falls apart. <laughs> no, but I guess they kill the satanic cultists, and, and then, then blood, get, blood gets on the doll. Yeah, so somebody bleeds into the doll, and the doll. So gets, the doll oh, right. gets yeah. some sort of AIDS or hepatitis or something, yeah. and then yeah. horror. Falls. Everything's just before fine. the Conjuring. Before <laughs> Annabelle. <laughs> There was satanic cult. <laughs> and then the yeah, fourth exactly. movie goes further yeah, back. Right, right, right. And then it's How in did like, they come and together? It's in the 50s, yeah. and it's in the 30s. It turns out these were the same uh, satanic cultists that um, came over on the Mayflower. Came over on the Mayflower. <laughs> exactly. That's what, what a lot of that's the movie I want to see. Is <laughs> no, that group. invaded Sam Shepard's house, oh. which was then the impetus for the fugitive. Oh, there you yes. go. Yes. Right? Isn't yes. that the story? Is that the story? Yeah, the doctor, and Doctor Sam Shepard, his his wife was killed, and he claimed Richard Kimball. Richard, Richard Kimball, yes, <laughs> is based on Sam Shepard, not Dr. playwright Sam Shepard. Well, it's a different Shepard. <laughs> Maybe it's not Sam. Retract. I feel retract. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. No, I feel retract is coming on. Astronaut Alan Shepard is doing what? Yeah, he murdered his wife. Is all I'm trying to say. Alan Shepard. Alan Shepard. No, but the 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 show The Fugitive is based on a true life situation where a doctor, I think his last name is Shepard, might not be Sam, claimed that some hippies and broke into his home and killed his wife, and then he was accused of the murder. A one armed hippie. A one armed hippie. Couldn't flash the peace sign. <laughs> I would have guessed it. I would have put a hundred dollars down that that story would come up when we're talking about Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> you lost. All right. Well, listen. You talked about the this doll being a gift, so uh, I want to talk about gifts. Oh, actually, before a I gift even do to that, cinema. Before I even do that, uh, when we saw Don John recently, mm-hmm. the movies yeah. that he takes uh, Scarlett Johansson to is the Valley Plaza Six. Yes, it's that oh! lobby. It's cool. Oh, wow. But the thing is, That's much fantastic. like when you're showing down uh, uh, in front of the Grammish Chinese Theater in a movie on Hollywood Boulevard, you have to populate it with all the freaks who are normally there for it to be authentic. The they took Valley Plaza Six had much nice high class. Uh, was everyone screaming <laughs> yeah, at the people. screen? Yeah. The human equivalent of Jabba the Hutt wasn't in the corner. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Exactly. Was charming folks. Get him! <clears throat> right, but listen in the trailer for what Annabelle. What could possibly go right? <laughs> <laughs> you warned us. You warned us. Bring back. As we mentioned, the, hus- the husband gives uh, his pregnant wife the gift of this unsettling doll that they don't realize is obviously cursed. Oh, Paul. Paul, I'm sorry. That, that actually reminds me. I brought you something back from my trip to Mexico I'd like you to have. Wait, Hold wait, on wait, wait. You didn't have to do that. No, it's Paul. It's not that I had to. Wanted. <laughs> Wanted to. Okay. okay. So, uh, I don't know if you all know this, if you bear with me. Two years ago, uh, this is two years ago when we first met here on air um, during doing the movie showcast. So, oh, 10, 11, um, 12. Was that's today. Show. Yeah. So, wow. a bit of an anniversary for us. So, I wanted to commemorate this very special moment with this gift. All right. So, that's for you. And uh, if you look nice. inside, you'll notice that it's a femur bone so from a sacrificial altar. 
from the Mayan ruins. Oh, wow. Now, I thought that that would be the perfect gift to bring into the studio here, where we're often inviting unsuspecting guests. Listen, the kids. Yes, I'm sure it's. Perfectly harmless. Well, these cake blood stains on here, they definitely go with the red that we oh, have going on. Sure. That's true. That'll be good. I, I think I'll just leave it here in the middle of the table where it can uh, set the mood every time we do a show. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know what? Having that box there reminds me, too, that I have something for Adam. Oh, Adam, for me? Yes. Be careful with it. Oh. It's still fresh. I, oh, I found this, this dead cat. Oh, thank God it's not an Old Navy shirt. No, no, no. It's not a shirt from what? Old Navy. I just put what? it in that bag. It, it, it's a dead cat? Yeah, you yeah. remember? It's, it's black. A, <laughs> it's a black cat? Yes. I have the perfect place to put it. Oh, yeah. uh, this will complete my set. Thank you very much, Karen. Oh, There's nothing nice. weird about this. I was hoping you already didn't have one, but you have a set, so that's good. So. I'm glad that you don't feel that that's creepy in any way. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, God, no. It, it means the most that there's no occasion. You just saw a dead cat and you thought of me. Of course. Who doesn't? Well, I wasn't going to bring this up on air, but now the gifts are flying because it's kind of personal, so I wasn't going to do this. But Karen. Yeah? I have your anniversary gift. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. This is so exciting. What is it? It, Oh my God! Is that a tombstone (laughs) from Anton Lavey? Anton Lavey. Absolutely. I stole it from a graveyard in San Francisco because I knew you liked some of his self-help quotes. Oh, (laughs) who doesn't? How can you not be inspired by quotes like "I break away from all conventions and do not lead to my earthly success and happiness"? It's a real call to make the most of your life when you hear something like that. Having that tombstone there is definitely going to be a positive conduit to all those blessings. I'm so excited. Actually, I think he was the founder of the Church of Satan, right? Happy anniversary, honey. Thank you, honey. It's so strange you guys got gifts because, as you know, I was just in Chicago. Karen? What? I brought home something for you, too. Oh, my God. Deep dish pizza, right? No, Karen. no, what? very oh close, very, very close. Sweet Here you go. You. All right, let's see. You got a gift from my wife. That's not weird at all. Yeah, oh I my know. gosh, it's a handkerchief. Wait, she gets two gifts. It's well. You How know. many gifts have I gotten? Well, none so far, okay. but that's because Look, I'm. Let's, let's focus on my gift sweet. to Karen right Look now. Look at this. Okay? It's, it's not innocuous. Look at it. it's just this normal little handkerchief. I'm gonna put it on right away before I learn anything about its history. That okay. way, yeah, get and it's right on my body. I'll just give you a little backstory. It's Richard sure. Speck's chloroform handkerchief. Oh, oh, that's perfect. It makes it fit even better knowing that it is nice and wet with all that chloroform. Yeah, Thank well, you. Wait, let's just say. Wait, where'd you find it? Oh, well, let's just say I have some uh, friends in high places who know a few nurse murderers. Oh, right. It's not going to be weird to have that in the house, is it? Oh, not at all. No, oh. it'll go right along with that tombstone, oh, no good, problem. Good, good, good. Well, look, I, I want to act as if uh, I've learned something from movies like Annabelle. So for our uh, guest, we, we get something for the guest every week. Oh, this oh, is great. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to avoid all those other items that might have curses on them. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That can and, happen. Uh, I guess maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I just ducked into the All-Star Sports in Burbank and picked you up a little something. There you go. Oh, it's a Chicago Cubs hat. Man. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like you, Karen, and yeah? I like inspirational quotes. And they don't get any more inspirational than we'll get them next year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing That's cursed about that. Oh, yeah. There, there's no way that this this could be cursed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you always have to look ahead, right? Oh, look at how pretty she looks in her Cubs hat. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Put, it, put it on Kristen Stewart in oh, the studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time that's been said. Now put it's it on cursed. Kristen Stewart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it's cursed. Now this was the Cubbies great. Are a real bonding lose. experience I think we've shared here. Mm-hmm. We should do gift exchanges more often. Let's check in next week and see if we're all still alive. Sure. <laughs> in the meantime, we have another movie to preview. Lee? Well, Paul, Monique stars in this sassy tale of urban female empowerment in mm. Go On, Girl! <laughs> that couldn't be more wrong. This movie stars Ben Affleck and is about a man who may or may not have murdered his wife. It's called Gone Girl. Oh, well, in that case, this is definitely not going to be the movie I think it is. <laughs> right. In that case, Karen, help me with... Gone Girl! Goon girl. Goon girl. 
In Gone Girl, Ben Affleck is wanted for more than murdering your hopes for the new Batman. He's wanted for murdering his wife. The white blonde girl in question is Die Another Day's Rosamund Pike. Mm. Ripped from yesterday's headlines, this movie definitely has shades of the Lacey Peterson murder trial. Grieving husband accused of his wife's murder. They're both pretty and it causes a media circus. Yet oddly, nowhere in the trailer do the filmmakers indicate that this story is based on or inspired by true events. That's probably because Ben Affleck's involved. It's hard to believe any of this actually happened. Isn't that right, Argo? So did Batman kill the Bond girl or not? As information comes out that makes the husband look increasingly guilty, the audience is left wondering who the murderer is. I think we've all seen enough Nancy Grace to know it's the hunky suburbanite. <laughs> Affleck looks to be doing what he's done in every movie for the last six years, winning you over again. But somehow, every time the credits roll in a Ben Affleck movie, he goes back to zero and has to prove himself all over to you. Hey, critics, cut the shit and start liking Ben Affleck. (laughs) (laughs) Neil Patrick Harris breaks out of his traditional role as America's sweetheart, doing his best Anthony Perkins as shifty McCreepy Stare, the guy who looks and acts like he did the crime. And from what we see in the trailer, his intentions might not be all that good. (laughs) <laughs> so that's, you know, coming along. <laughs> Naturally, because this is Hollywood, the police only suspect two white guys. <laughs> oh, the movie also stars Tyler Perry, so guess what? He's a good actor. What? Mm-hmm. No matter how Brad Pitt or Jesse Eisenberg are before they star in a David Fincher movie, after the movie's over, you're a good actor. It's called the David Fincher Constant. Despite not being based on the real-life Lacey Peterson murder trial, it is based on a book that is also not based on the Lacey Peterson (laughs) trial. And based on a book means... It's a real movie. Based on a fake dead body. This movie looks so good, I want to read the book. There you go. And how often can you say that to a movie? Never! Why read the book? Two hours, I'm in and out, I see the movie. Oh, I'm telling you, I couldn't wait to the third, and I was thinking about this as I was driving, I... I saw an ad for it, and I just was like, I should get the book and read it in like two days so I know what happens. But this is the Lacey Peterson murder trial. How is that know. not the case, right? But well, that's others, just right? the one we know about. There's millions of people who kill their wives every year that don't get the publicity. That millions? The Tell yeah. us yeah. more that. Millions. <laughs> just, yeah, tune in to Nancy Grace for half an hour. It happens all the time. Well, you, you know, I did read this book. I did read this book, and I think that the casting for this is wacko because i oh. pictured like paul giamatti and maybe like a uh like you know how they brought tupac back for that oh, oh a hologram, a hologram, hologram of like just a young jessica tandy <laughs> <laughs> you know but then it couldn't be the hunky suburbanite who did it because you always assume that it's the good looking guy that's got everything to going for him that must be the asshole yeah well, right. I, I, I thought you were going to say you always assume it's the hologram that well, the does holograms the crime. Do I mean, you're going to blame it on the hologram. Well, they right? can get into anywhere. From the future, yeah. yeah. They can do anything. Right? <laughs> I was going to say, Gillian Flynn said that it was, that the author of the book was saying that someone put it to her. Is this like the Peterson trial? And she said, well, they, you know, they, she said they were handsome. So that's what brought on the media circus. But you say the characters in the book. Like, no, 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 no. It is. Handsome. It is ripped up. I'm, I'm making light of it. It is. <laughs> well, you know, her background is that she was an Entertainment Weekly woman who got downsourced. And so she basically was a journalist who wrote movie reviews. And she very much gets. Lacey Peterson? No, not Lacey oh, Peterson. Okay. Jillian <laughs> Flynn, the woman. Stay on track here. Determined wrote, to make this about <laughs> but Stay she is very much like, I don't think this is her best book. I just think this is the one that happened to fast mm. her up to the top. But she is, an, she is a very 
it is a very good. I don't want to talk much about it because I, I do think it's worth now uh, seeing. I think it's going to be great. Is it because she's a good writer? Or is she? Uh, what would you compare her to? Like uh, you know, like uh, I don't think she's a great writer. I, or, yeah. She has a very good understanding of how to. I mean, she wrote for Entertainment Weekly. How good could which, she be? No, well, what I mean by that is like she certainly has a good grasp on. Can you get people to get? the information that you want before they get off the toilet exactly mm -hmm. and that's the kind of book it is and all of her books are kind of the same all of the books kind of time dash around so it's basically like a really well told story like a like a journalist like it is like a Lacey peterson trial unplaying she's very good and very bright i think at how she how she tells it to you so what it is is that it's like a puzzle that is you're slowly getting more information and then when it finally appears you're like fuck it's been there the whole time oh that's ah. cool like one of those Boom. puzzles you stare at and then your eyes get all tired and then you start to see the, the image it's a space shuttle yeah. the space shuttle it's an eagle <laughs> with a unicorn yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a dolphin is fornicating so this is one you can see a second time <laughs> knowing how the more i heard that that was nice <laughs> now he's not famous in the book, right? His character's not like a congressman or anything, right? He's just a guy, isn't he? No, it's like a down and out. It starts in kind of like this. It's their anniversary, I think, is how the movie starts. And she's gone missing. And she, I mean, li literally, this is how, this is why I think it's probably a good story. I mean, I don't know. I can't reflect on her actual marriage. But the main character in the book is about a woman who wrote for Entertainment Weekly who was downsized from her job. Shut so up. Right so it's her. Know. It's her her, that story, that idea of who this woman is, who's been murdered, is is her. Wow. And Murder then, what you know. And he, what if I was killed? <laughs> that's how and I see that's... myself. And he had to move home to his hometown to be close to to deal with some stuff. So both of them are like not living the life that they want. They, the, they, you kind of learn that it, ha it wasn't a happy marriage, which is why when she goes missing, what happened? Now, I know you weren't serious about it, but I take slight umbrage with the fact that you pretended to say Ben Affleck was mis miscast because one of the keys to this character is not being able to tell by looking at, at him whether he's innocent or guilty. Right. And Ben Affleck is great at looking at looking like he's been caught between two emotions, yeah. but can't express <laughs> either of them. Right, right. Yeah. He's perfect. He's yeah. constantly uncomfortable. Like, hey, maybe he I probably do. doesn't know. No, exactly. Know, most of the time. You know what's fun? Thinking about this role as an actor, if you know, just saying that this not exactly what this movie's about, but say you're an actor, mm -hmm. and you're supposed to not let anybody know that you did it, mm -hmm. but then it gives you the ability while you're doing the scenes to sometimes really seem like you did it, then other times not seem like you did it. You have so much more to do, and I hope that Ben can enjoy that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you can actually play both sides of that pretty hard. Yeah. That's exciting. That's really fun. I think he'll enjoy it, because when he looks at scripts like, you know, Geely, Oh, God. <laughs> and he gets this. He's like, oh, am I really giving this? Thank the Lord. You mm -hmm. know, that I'm getting it really is girl. a stamp of approval, though, that David Fincher has cast him in one of his movies. I mean, Ben Affleck is officially, I mean, well, I, Fincher, he didn't need to prove himself, but he's he, a good Fincher actor, must have seen Argo and went, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I saw Argo and I was like, I like that guy. Yeah. But that is what Fincher did for Brad Pitt for me. Oh, yeah. Seven. It wasn't until right. Fight Club that I was like, oh, I get to like Brad Pitt now. Mm -hmm. Well, that's Fincher. I, I still, I mean, I don't know if it, I think we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. I still don't know. I think Fincher's just so fucking great. He's he amazing. can do no wrong. But I mean, I'm on Brad Pitt. I'm on the Brad Pitt train now for whatever else he does because of that movie. Yeah, we always say there's, there's, no? there's. 
There's I just the Brad, the, the just Brad the phrase train. Brad, <laughs> choo, Brad choo. Pitt train made me think of a whole different thing, like <laughs> 500 women in like Kansas City standing outside like a bar, and he's just in there, and you get to go in for a stroke and for 10 him. minutes. And that's <laughs> the Brad Pitt train. I'm, I'm in that like, line. I'm in that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. but I do. I agree. I Brad think he's, Pitt train, Tom Cruise train, yep. Joseph Gordon-Levitt train, well, and he reminds. I think he's. I will go so far as to say I think that Brad. This is going to be polarizing, I'm sure, but I think Brad Pitt is pushing towards what. Like Paul Newman became at one point. I do think. Oh, so. Yeah, and I, think I do so. like Brad Pitt quite a bit. Yeah, actually. I'm so I'm ninety percent of the time I'm fucking around. <laughs> it's usually I'm driving for. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing it for. Just as a preview, yeah. um, Fury's coming out in a couple of weeks. Are you interested yeah. in seeing that at all? I, I honestly don't know too much about it other than I saw a billboard and thought because I thought Brad Pitt was fucking great in the Nazi Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, Inglorious Bastards. Thank you, because mm-hmm. Django Unchained is always in my head right now, which is also fucking <laughs> which is brilliant. Great. It's also brilliant. But that was Jamie Foxx, not Brad Pitt. Yes, oh. exactly. Easy a lot of people confuse. confuse those, yes. That is one of those movies, though, that it, that, that is on uh, like Showtime, Epics. It's on all of the different movie channels, and I see like the same... You know how sometimes you think the world acts in a way that wants you to see a certain part of a movie like 50 times? Yeah. <laughs> to the point that you're like, what is the message? And it's always that part where he's they're, something. he's beating the shit out of the slave in the field after the oh. fight and he wants him to kill. I'm like, what is the message? I don't like this message. I'm just flipping channels and such a dark part. Anyhow. Yeah, Fury's a tank battalion movie. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You just don't see a lot of. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of a... What was that old uh, uh, submarine one? U571? Yes. No. Older. Oh, uh, Red October? Crimson Tide? Older, older. No, the German one, right? Oh, yes. U-boat. Das Boot. Das Boot. That's it. You das sank my battleship. Uh, no, that's yeah. by Harrisburg. But that's, that's what that could be like. Like. Das Boot, yes. Well, it's always the movies that you think are least going to blow you away that end up doing it. I don't know. I'm one of those guys who get bitten if people are like, you have to see this, and then I uh, inevitably... Like, I'm guaranteed like, I'm not going to like it. Watch. Yeah. I watch hate it already. Like it. <laughs> I hate that I've been told to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch it, and I'm hating it. Yeah. Every minute. Watch. Look at this. Look at my face. Well, well since we determined... I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Well, since we determined that this is not the Lacey Peterson murder trial, but we had this discussion the other night, I'm always fascinated by people who think murder is the first option to a solution. Like, the first <laughs> know, solution right? to, how do I get... You know, I don't want to be married to this person anymore. There's a lot of things you can do before having to kill them. <laughs> well, and the thing I always find funny is not only with this, but Investigation Discovery, which is completely addictive, and a lot of those yeah. are on Netflix right now, if you watch that, is that someone... That there is constantly a stream of hundreds of people who are like, you know, murder's probably easy to get away with. <laughs> like, <laughs> who, well, according to Mad, yeah. millions of people murder their wives every day. I'm just saying, I just, you know, just take from a look around. Check in. Yeah, just, just from just what I've heard. Saying. It's one of those things. Oh, we, had, we, had, we were discussing this uh, movie last night, and, and there there is a very big difference between that sort of crime of passion where somebody, you know, takes a swing at their wife, which of course you shouldn't do, but it, it would say, you know, it, a guy accidentally kills his wife in the uh, in an of, elevator heat of passion okay. in an elevator uh. and gets a hundred dollar fine or whatever and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but we, we said there is a huge difference between someone who accidentally kills a someone close to them and someone who oh, saws true. the arms off of a torso <laughs> yeah. to make sure they fit in a bucket or something like <laughs> there's a big difference between punch oh holy shit and yeah. <laughs> 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 this is taking a while yeah. <laughs> just blood and spattering a- in your Face. There's a real in-between area where you, oops, I accidentally hit you and you fell down and hit your head and sawing the body parts. <laughs> there is that one where you have one leg and you go and you get a gun and then shoot her through the bathroom door. 
that's premeditated, but also sort of an no accident. Legs. No, no legs. legs. No oh, legs. legs. <laughs> yeah. That takes We're, a rare so man. So you're a torso and you're killing runner, people. Yeah. You're just a torso. <laughs> what? I just was out to prove that a guy with no legs can do anything that a guy with two legs can do. And you know the Special Olympics has not recognized his He's achievements. Like, I know. It's like, oh, see, they are all equal. Everyone's equal, see? Even if you we can do that, can go on a so much yeah. from Matt The today. phrase we use is handy capable. Yeah. That's right. Especially when wielding a shotgun. Because <laughs> it has a lot of kick. You know, and you only got blades for legs. That's true. You know. Just take the is he getting away with it? I forget. He's not, is he? I think he, he went is? to jail, but not because for the full sentence. I, I need, he needs to stick to my theory here. My they, theory, of course, is if you're famous, you get away with it. If you're not famous, you he sort of got away with it. But I believe that he no, didn't he did get, get away with it. I mean, yeah. within yeah. reason. They said that he act, he overact, he overreacted mm-hmm. to the concept of the what the threat was by using a gun. Mm-hmm. Right. That he went too far with what the idea of home security was and. <laughs> But he, it, he I guess it you is could put it that more, way. Because <laughs> I mean, let's because he's, he's famous. If he's got, if he's a guy in my hometown. He's in jail. Yeah, yeah. Well, he got away with it the way OJ did. Lost the crim, uh, won the criminal trial, trial, lost the civil trial. Mm. So that's yeah. a fine. remember. Remember, OJ was found oh, guilty yeah. Yeah. in a civil trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So the oh, interesting OJ. thing about um, South Africa is that where it mm-hmm. took place. Unlike here, he's able to. Go- I think he's going to prison for like three years, and that whole time is going to write the book. And then he can make all the profits off the book when he comes out. Mm-hmm. Sure. So unlike here where you can't sell the book and your story. You can't do that? See, that's when no, we you're, as a, a team right yeah. now vow to do something about it. We wait for him and when he gets out, we, we take him we and take care him. of business. It's got to be easy to trip that guy. Trip him. <laughs> you mean make the movie? <laughs> <laughs> you mean and we make the movie we, on the book? It yeah, won't take long it. to stick him in a bucket, yeah. so it should be fine. But not yeah, less limbs to cut off. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> let's get on to short-term solutions, yeah. <laughs> especially when he doesn't have his leg things on. Uh, let's get on to our, uh, more time here with our guest. Uh, a comic actor who's appeared on The Office, Key and Peele, and had a stint as a writer for Saturday Night Live, <gasps> Matt Craig. Yeah. Oh. Matt Craig. We introduced him before, but... This segment is about now, you. Now, what kind of stint? To Matt Craig. What was that? What exactly is a stint? A stint was real brief. I got hired mid-season in the 2010-2011, and I was basically supposed to be hired into the fall, but then Comcast bought him. Oh yeah. So I was only there for half a season, second half of the season. I really would love to know what that's like. It's great. It is a whirlwind. It's everything that you've heard. It's got to be so cool, right? It was. It was. You know, and it's such a, you know. There, there is this crazy thing of that you work all week on this thing, and there's slings and arrows to it, good and bad. Lots of, you know, it's a gig. But it's amazing that moment when it's live and happening, and you're there and you're watching it, and you're realizing like yeah. how many people are watching this moment crazy. and how quick it happens, and it's mesmerizing. And you are, you're walking around and you're in mixed company with, you know, when I was there it was Elton John and Tina Fey, and all these different crazy people would come through, and you. Watch the Foo Fighters warm up with their families, and you'd be ten feet away. And because Foo families, yeah, Foo families, <laughs> and because the show's been on the air for so long, and Lorne is so loyal to the people that he hires that that m- many of them don't appreciate these modern bands that they think are like they're like they've seen the, we've seen the Beatles, you've seen the Stones, mm. so that even the Foo Fighters said I was like, who cares about the Foo Fighters? And I'm like, the <laughs> fucking Foo Fighters are right here in front of you. <laughs> so it, it was mind-boggling. I mean, on that level. It just really is, but it is a bit of a, you know, it is a pressure cooker, and it's real competitive, and there's good and bad to everything. Did you get anything and on air? I did. I was brought in to, to write for Sudeikis. Oh, wow. And so oh, awesome. he was, our, at that point, I was further into his his tenure there, and so I got to kind of jump onto a lot of the stuff that he was doing. Very it. neat. So 
That's cool. Yeah. I've got right. Uh, I mean, if you have to pick someone to write for, yeah, Jason Sudeikis is a. Pretty, oh, it was pretty, pretty great. Yeah, yeah, it was fun to jump in there and. Um, and do you collaborate with Jason at all on those? Is it more like you know? Does he weigh are, in or? Well, it's more or less like a sounding board. You pitch ideas to him. Like, what if you did this? What if you did this? Yeah. What if you did this? He picks and chooses if he has an idea. When I got there early on. Like some of the stuff he would, he had already like, I want to do an ESPN while Forte was coming back. And he's like, I want to do the ESPN guys again, the sports center dudes. So some of it is like picked and then you just get assigned. And then the way the show works is that each week, like there's 20, when I was there, there was like 26 writers, four or five that were in weekend update, 21 plus the cast. That's 10 to 12 people. You put all those people together. That ends up being about 40 people. You have to turn in three to four sketches by Wednesday. It ends up being 160 sketches. Jesus. Only 40 or 50 of these Blimey. get read at the table. And then awesome. of those, only 12 to 16 get greenlit. Maybe eight make it to the air. Oh so it's really fucking hard God. to get a sketch on. So you want to look for those pairings sometimes of like, who do you work with? Who can you, you know, it, it behooves you to <laughs> find someone who has an idea that they like or pitch an idea to them that they like before you just write it yeah because each person basically when you break down that show it's not as insane as you think it is you know it's a hundred do you think that's the best way to write and produce for that show because i've that's the formula i've heard is that it's this huge mass of writing that gets whittled down whittled down whittled down and it sounds like there's a lot of lobbying and politicking and and aligning and alliances i mean is that you're you're a very experienced writer is that really the way to write a show well like that? i think it's that's how that show is written and that's how that show is written now and i don't think it used to be as po- i mean like the truth is is that when i was there i felt like there were too many writers and then when comcast bought them there were too many writers. they agreed with you <laughs> so uh you know within reason i think there might be a better or, or a way to do it but but well the, i'm asking the, based on your experience because you've written for I other things oh yeah but i wouldn't think that, that what the true answer to that yes is is that people kind of misunderstand i think what saturday night live really is and and saturday night live is very much a comedy factory it's a product he's putting lauren is putting something out with like a 10-year plan with everybody that's involved with it sometimes longer wow and so i think it's not so much if you're asking me is that the best way to write the funniest comedy show based on your experience that is utilizing the best of the talents of the people that are there no but that's not exactly what they're trying to do oh okay if that makes sense. That was no, a good answer. That was a, that was a good question. Oh, uh, yeah, Karen wanted to... Uh, uh, I wanted to make this very fun that you were here, so... Yeah, so we're going to break bread. I, uh, oh, great. I ran out and I got us all something. <gasps> oh, sweet, together. look at this. Holy... Sp- so I got us all some Ghostbuster donuts. Oh, I couldn't get sweet. Mr. Stay Puff. They only had the regular... Here, let me show the camera. Is these ones with marshmallow in the middle? Yes. Oh, that is the... A- Best thing ever. Holy <laughs> you go to the YouTube channel. Karen is showing the donuts to the camera yes, as we you know, speak. In, a, in celebration of the 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters. Here's some napkins. Everybody take a. Uh, oh, I want to eat one. Absolutely. Everybody take one. Here you go. I think there's two there. Oh, I finished my, my fancy so well. paperware. But, but, uh, and uh, while, we're, while we're doing this, I want to ask a question about Saturday Night Live. There I mean, <laughs> we all grew up. This is, this is uh, thank you, Karen. Wow. Sure, enjoy. You know, we all Aaron, grew up. These are amazing. I got to take a picture with this. I got to yes. try one of these. Enjoy. How long did it take you to make these, Karen? Oh, it took me, um, well, I went there last night. Look how cool these and are. And they were sold out. So it took me <laughs> going all the way back a second day. This is going to sound like I'm being an ass, but I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm so thrilled that they're not stuffed with anything. I think there's marshmallow. There are. Going, there's marshmallow. Bite further. <laughs> it's, it's the Stay Puff marshmallow. Now you, now you have to eat your words. 
I, literally. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no oh, there comparison is. to I am so glad how that Saturday Night Live. <laughs> That's adorable. Thank you, Matt. You know, uh, what took a place in our youth and, of course, is still out there. There's no comparison to that. There's nothing you could grow up with that you could now still be a part of. You just hit it on the head. Yeah. So SNL, how special SNL, is that? SNL is basically, you know, when I was there, SNL is basically an opportunity to, for Lorne at this point to define the sense of humor for a whole new generation of people. Absolutely. And then lock into them through their, literally, I mean, think about it. Everybody, you watch SNL from 10, 11, 12 till 16. The minute you get a license, you leave. You don't watch SNL anymore. You go to college, True. you maybe watch it. Oh my God, yeah. I used to tape it in college. I was such a nerd. But when you were like tape 10 to 16, it? that's, that's no, when you're like, player. this is comedy, this is what it is. And then you continue to watch those people's movies, their TV mm-hmm. shows, their stand-up, their books. And he owns a lot of that along you're the right. way. He Brilliant. Broadway video, he pushes people into TV. Man. He's the person who's behind. So, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and, stuff like that. Bringing yep. up Conan. that point. So it's, a, you, it's a machine. Did you find it was... Um, Challenging to write for it when you did because you were. I found that I was into it just about to the time when everyone I knew was on it, and it was weird because even though I liked Tina Fey and I knew her and this and that, I just didn't want to watch it anymore. And so you got into it when you probably were no longer watching it anymore. Is that yeah, true? That is kind of true. Yeah, tricky, right? Well, yeah, and you go back and you have to kind of jump in, and and that's what I mean. Like, they definitely want to have. Uh, the best and the brightest and cutting edge ideas, but that doesn't necessarily always mean that's what get, gets onto the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a lot of politics, and then you're constantly catering to a guest host who, depending on who you get, can be great or not so great. You know, wow. if you went from week to week and you got like an Ed Helms or somebody who's a little bit more versatile or a Tom Hanks who's a little bit more willing to make fun of themselves, that's great. You get either of the Mannings. Or any, really? Right. Really? I mean, like you're. Right. Well, they're fun, but they're, they're not. There's time. You know, yeah. there's a natural rhythm and a timing to the things that you're uh-huh. like. Carmelo Anthony, when he was having his great season, wanted to be on the show, and we brought him in, and he. It was literally like we should have just brought in a Carmelo Anthony like cardboard cutout of. Chris yeah, because yeah. it was basically the same. Wow. And you're like writing lines to try and get him in there. Just so you know, like, be careful. Everybody's listening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, they're all gonna come. Was back there a familiar you. face there at all? Like when you well, ride outside, right? yeah, you know Jason. And Let me ask you more questions while you Seth? put the donut. Oh, no, I got to keep eating. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of us on the writing staff that I knew. Heather Campbell was there when I was there, and um, Tom Flanagan. Oh, that's when Tom was on there. Yeah, and I met um, Michael Bryan was there at the same time. Sudeikis. Um, so that's pretty Shelley cool. Go- Shelley Gossman. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like you can't there get a job a out here on a TV show and then walk in and go, "Hey, I know four of these people." Right. I mean, that's pretty cool too. Oh yeah, and it was like family, and you do kind of get pulled in, and uh, yeah, I mean, and it was it, there was thrilling moments. I mean, to be quite honest, I was very disappointed I got let go. I was looking forward to that next year. Yeah. And I would have been very, very, I think, very good at that job, <laughs> and I was doing very well at it. It was one of those things that I was like, man. There's so much that I still had wanted to do there. But that being said, I think one more year probably would have, I would have been like, great. Cured you of that. Yeah, yeah. this was a very fun opportunity, and I'm happy to have done it. Well, you stuck around long enough to get Emmy nominated. I did, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's where your Emmy came from. Yeah. Yeah. For the Tina Fey. That was Tina Fey's episode. Mm -hmm. All right, let me ask you the question I ask every guest on our show. What Uh is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, good one. Um, And don't let the... Ghostbuster donuts have you, any influence, influence on you? And you could say 
today your favorite movies no, it's one funny thing or another <laughs> i do have like five movies and they vacillate but um and i ironically most of almost all of them are prison movies but mm. my number one is probably cool hand luke ah uh, now what's the appeal because I cool finally Luke. saw it for, all the way through, and maybe it's something I should have seen at a different... I mean, I got it. I got the uh, appeal. Of, I just burped right in the microphone. I apologize. Uh, the microphone just melted. <laughs> <laughs> but I just saw it at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. My buddy. My buddy. My buddy. But sometimes I wonder what the appeal is, because I have a feeling it's different for a lot, a lot of people. You know, uh, I definitely... <clears throat> I saw it at a good time. Like to me, uh, Cool Hand Luke is like uh, Astral Weeks, it was, which is one of my favorite albums. Like I watched it when I was younger, and it just affected me at the time. Uh, I liked it for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. I found it to have like compartmentally, it has like brilliant little moments inside, which is like one of my favorite things about a lot of my favorite films. And then I, I've seen it again since, and it and as you grow, it grows with you. I feel like it's classic. Mm. I feel like the story is. Um, it's reflective of any kind of plight of the the men. I mean, it's clearly got a lot of Christ kind of things in there, but yeah, it's not the whole horrib- song. I think <laughs> it's not horribly dated either, is it? No, that's like, the thing that I think is. Made. I mean, yeah. with with the, as, the the aside of the concept of like going out on chain gangs and like cleaning up roads, which still happens <laughs> in some rural areas, but um, you know, it's about a guy who comes home who's kind of fucked up from the war and fights the man and gets persecuted for it and but there are other movies that look way more 60s oh yeah yeah <laughs> that well one. and that movie oh, that's really. what i love about it that uh, you know yeah that, i i can understand why to me it's not it's not up there in that like oh but to me it's because it's so approachable and it's but, i hey, do think had, george kennedy is amazing in that yeah, film we yeah. had paul valencourt in here his favorite movie of all time hellboy there's no judgment here yeah no. yeah 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 <laughs> right I could, yeah. but, but I just wrote this article for, about Gene Hackman for the website because yeah. he's one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. And I called him the co-president of the Making It Look Easy Club yeah. with Paul Newman. Those yes. two guys just make it look so easy. They go, do. Well, I, I'm working, I'm working, but maybe that's the problem. Yeah. These guys aren't even working. It's well, just, and you know, here's a funny little tidbit about this is that um, Charlie Tyner is, uh, oh, what's the name of the, he's the shitty fucking sheriff in that, the. Heat Not the, the failure to communicate, but oh, uh, he's the guy who does bo- Boggs. I think his name's Boggs in the film. I Anyhow, he's the old of... guy. He was also the 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 minister, the redneck and the minister and uh, Harold and Maude. You would oh. know him. He's like this character actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And when I first moved to California, when I moved over to Sherman Oaks, I was on this. I lived in a place called Horse Heights Estates, and this guy comes walking by, and I'm like, "Oh, shut you're, up. You're, you're Charlie Tiny Tyner," and he's like, and he's now he's clearly like a really old man. He's like 90s old. He's stooped over, but he's same hook nose and everything. <laughs> and I had a conversation with him, and he was like, "That oh, film was so amazing. much fun to make. Oh, it was just so great." And so I had this moment with oh. it too that I think, which made me rewatch it again, re kind uh. of fall in love with it, re kind of see like, "Oh man, this." Anyhow, that's, that's cool. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, when when I was watching it, I was like, you know, I mean, it's one of those movies that almost kind of doesn't have a plot and I, and I can say that now because movies now are so like hit those beats and move it forward and everything must add up to another thing whereas in the 60s and 70s movies would just kind of be a little bit of life for a little bit yeah. and you know like and if not everything was answered we didn't have an origin story exactly yes. <laughs> what was the origin story of Paul Newman in uh... there wasn't a conclusion story <laughs> it was in the Korean War right that yeah. Was, yeah that's true they need oh, to go back movie? and show Do a movie the about that. where's that movie let's see <laughs> it but the the extra added value plus of that is just Paul Newman. That's just the carve from 
whatever that Hollywood stone is that that makes uh, you know the, the those images of Bogart or whatever. I mean, he's cut from that Hollywood cloth God, and he or never, that uh, stone, in and that he movie. never lost it. No, the eighties he was great. Absence of Malice, The Verdict, Color of Money, yeah. he won his Oscar. Yeah. The nineties he was great. Nobody's fool. You know, and then 2000, Road to Perdition. I mean, yeah. he, he was always yeah. great. Hudsucker Proxy. Don't Hudsucker forget Proxy. Hudsucker Proxy. He was yeah, a voice so one of the cars, wasn't he? Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that was his yeah. last and most financially successful film. <laughs> That's true. Is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it went out big. That's a good movie to hey, go out of. Hey, sometimes uh, I'll ask guests this. I'm always fascinated by it. Uh, what is a movie you only know because cable would not stop showing it? So, like, back in the days, I don't know how they programmed it, but HBO would show the same movie... Every day. Six pack. Oh. Six pack, right? Six pack. I only know Kenny Rogers six pack exists because HBO refused to stop showing it every time I turned on HBO <laughs> yep. for the eighties. <laughs> Do you remember Hot Dog the movie? Yeah. yeah. That was the one that I was Shit. like Tweed? <laughs> skiing. I had a similar moment with that movie that I, I'm having with Django Unchained, where that moment was like, I All want you whipping? to ski down yeah. this mountain. Oh. Yeah. yeah. What does yeah. that mean? Right. I was like, I want you to ski down this mountain, not on the right side, not on the left side, but right down the middle. And he looks at him and goes, I want you to kiss my ass, not on the right side, <laughs> not on the left side. That's from hot, right in the middle. <laughs> and every time I would turn it on, I would be like, what is he telling me? <laughs> my, my roommate's uncle. Uh, Uncle is a very famous editor in Hollywood. He edited, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, Avatar? Anyway. What could possibly go right? <laughs> I was waiting for that. That's the worst name drop ever, by the way, Adam. Huh? Worst name drop ever. Roommate's uncle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look. I, I, I take my connections where I can get them. You get there how you can get No, you should yeah. actually name him instead of just giving him like the association. It's even better that well, that's way. That's true. Stephen Riv- Well, Guy I know. But I can just say, on my street, hey, yeah. did you know Stephen Rivkin uh, edited oh. Hot Dog the Movie? Who the and fuck I you go, what? Who's that? Okay. Oh, you mean your uncle's brother's friend? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've got one name I can drop. Yeah. And you didn't. My that that time I didn't yeah. talk to Johnny Depp at that party. <laughs> uh, so let's get on to another big part of our show that we like to call... What did you see this week? Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. What did you see this week? Anybody? I saw, mm-hmm. finally... Mm-hmm. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh. Yes, and? Gotta watch it twice. Fell asleep both times I watched it. Oh. Mm. I was sorely you try disappointed. You watching it sitting up. But, that, I, but that's a, like a fast-paced Wes Anderson yeah. movie. I, I was so thrilled because I, I was home Friday night and Saturday night. I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to do this and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus and turn off the phone. I'm going to do sit down and I am ready for Wes Anderson. And honestly, like 20 minutes into it, I am struggling. I fell awake. asleep in the theater to that film. Wow. It, for me, it just wasn't as Wessie Anderson as I wanted it. Well, to be. and I feel like it's not, not Wessie enough. From the moment <laughs> it started, I was like, "Oh, this is beautiful and lilting, and mm-hmm. it's such a lovely." It just made you. <laughs> not, you know what? <laughs> I think my I have a theory that Wes Anderson movies are like a comforter that you put on, and you know it's going to be just lovely and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it was too comfortable for you guys. Yeah. It might have been. put you to sleep. The other Those are comfort movies. Yeah. Yeah, you can fall yeah. asleep. But <laughs> that is, for the record, I don't know if you woke, because I had to obviously had to wake up near the end of it. Like, yeah. And, all the, and I, I literally had that experience home. where I fell asleep in one movie and woke up and was like, who the fuck are yeah. these new people? <laughs> I was like, how long has Harvey Keitel been in this? And how long have I been asleep? <laughs> yeah, that threw me off. I, I'm like, who are these people? What are like a whole new <laughs> cast. I was like, did I sleep through it's this? Like, and they're showing. It's like when you fall asleep right at sundown. Yeah. So it's daytime. And then oh. when you wake up, you're like, 
like, what day is it? Did I sleep? Do I have a beard? Do I have a beard? <laughs> no, the thing about Wes Anderson movies is I think you've got to dial into them like immediately, right? And I just couldn't get dialed into it right off the bat. And so I struggled to get into it. I got home, it. I lied you know, down, I closed my eyes, I turned it on, it just didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only but, line that I remember and enjoy, he's like, I sincerely want you to finish that, but I'm only running away because the alarm is sounding. But there was a lot of like, like clever little dialogue and exchanges. Yeah, I would that think I just, you would be pre-dialed into Wes Anderson movies because they all have the same tone. Kind of. I, I really was just, I, and I gave it a second shot. I'm like, okay, I was obviously just tired because uh, it was a long week, so I'm going to sit down and watch it again because I get it, I got it on demand, so yeah. I got a whole two day rental. Two yeah. days. Um, oh, and that's the other Rewind. thing that kind of, the first time I watched it, I had to rewind it because he changes the the aspect ratio. Based on what part of the story he's telling. Oh yeah, it goes square to yes. sixteen by nine. Yeah, right? and I'm like, oh wait, is that my TV or did I do something wrong? And I had to go <laughs> back like two or three times to realize, oh no, that's that's thematic. So. Did you do that with the, the artist? Yeah, yeah, it's widening. Yeah. I'm like, oh god. What a <laughs> and you get real idea. comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, nice. So that's what, what I saw. The hell, who are you guys? What are you doing in this movie? <laughs> that. Did you wake up? Though? But uh, Jeff Goldblum was wonderful and that's funny, good. and yeah. he was great. And Harvey Keitel was curious and. Um, and I love William Defoe. William Defoe was oh, in it yeah, at one point. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I felt like I needed to watch it again because that is the most uh, complex Wes Anderson movie plot wise. I mean, maybe it didn't really add up to that much craziness, but it's just a lot of stuff happens. You know, people come in from this angle and that angle, even though I think it's towards a pretty simple goal, if I remember correctly. F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> well, if you don't like him, that's fine. But wh- where, where's he? Honestly, where's <laughs> he? <F's> you. <laughs> where's he been? Oh yeah! Right since ever since Am- Amadeus, this guy's been nowhere. He did the, he, uh, uh, an innocent did. man with Tom Selleck. And talk about, ah. but no, talk about a guy who makes it look easy. I just love yeah. watching F. Murray Abraham. He was great in, that, in Louis. Did you see his appearance in Louis? No. Was, oh yes, he was the father. He played. His, he, he talked about sticking his finger up a man's ass or something. <laughs> something like he was uh, inside Louis Davis. He's been living uh, off of residuals. Well, who from noticed an anybody in that movie? Amadeus in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> it's like four, it's on his like fourteenth or fifteenth season. Amadeus is like a he's like a wizard and he goes and fights people. But and F. Murray, the Viennin residuals. Yeah. He was in uh, Last Action Hero. You're Does making, anybody remember that? You're making my point. Okay. <laughs> I saw uh, Jimmy All Is By My Side. The what Jimmy Hendrix? Oh, the Jimmy Hendrix. Oh. Yes, always, always by my side. Oh. Andre and Benjamin. Is it all oh, or sweet. always by my side? Jimmy. All, all is all by my is side. By my side. Always. He got me as what this. That's a terrible bullshit. title. I thought it was called Always by I didn't. Shouldn't it be called Purple Haze or something? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, it shows an interesting part. It's not the origin story. Yeah. <laughs> How did he come it, to be? It covers like that when he's in England, like when he gets pulled from New York and he's in England for a while before he strikes it huge. And like it ends where he's going to go play Monterey. So oh, it's a really? weird part of his world. But it's another one of those movies where uh, we get to see how much that guy we really love is a huge asshole. And Jimmy's an asshole? And they yeah. all are. Oh, yeah. and you make a musical biopic, you are dooming that person <laughs> yeah. in history now in this film to be to, for the world to see how much of a dick And not only um, how he hits women and he abuses drugs and stuff, which we sort of knew about that, but <laughs> it also shows yeah, how he just really didn't participate in trying to be... Famous and awesome, and how um, the way they presented it, he just sort of kept getting pushed into the right exact place. And then when he was there, someone said, Go wear this. Fuck and he went, then, Okay. Man. And then they said, Go over here. We'll give you all the money you need to get to there. And he's like, All right. Yeah. He just, he was so it was passive. so annoying. He was so passive. You know how annoying. we work really hard to make something happen? 
yeah. Oh, I, I don't know if we're as good at podcasting as he is at the guitar, though. Um, <laughs> He's pretty good at that guitar. You seen it? Yes, but we're pretty good. <laughs> okay, I guess we shouldn't have any success then because uh, we are. That's exactly my point. Thank you. No, I'm yeah, kidding. I'm like, I know, what are you saying? No, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I'm saying we work really hard to try to accomplish a goal. He just was there. Who did we yeah, have this conversation about? He did the same thing with his romantic life too. It's like, hey, yeah, that's too. Oh, you know, babe, all right. And that had nothing to do I mean, with guitar playing. He was, so he was having affairs and shit because he's not. He wouldn't stick up for anything. It was just such a paper plate. It it was like I couldn't handle it. He wouldn't take a stand on anything. There was a very simple moment when he was really into this girl and he was really with her. And the girl literally gets up to go take care of something for him. And while that nice girl is gone who is lovely and wonderful and he loves her, this other slutty girl comes in and gets in her seat and just starts hitting on him really hard. So the lovely girl, who we thought they were going to be together, comes back and looks and is like, oh, that's weird. Well, I want to sit back in my seat. Hey, um, can you move over? I want my seat back. And the slutty girl's like, fuck you. I'm not moving. So what does he do? Nothing. Three-way. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't even do that. I wish he would. Yeah. He does nothing. He doesn't say, oh, you know what? Why don't you sit on this side of me? He just kind of was like doesn't hear he, or something. Yeah, he, he gets to not be a dick by not saying or doing anything. Anything! But that doesn't pass. You're a dick. Yeah, so, so I got If you don't do anything, you're never wrong. Yeah. That was what he was thinking. <laughs> that's what Jimmy said. I think that's my favorite Jimi Hendrix song, actually. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if you don't do anything... Bing, 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 bing. Is that what it sounded like? <laughs> I think that bing, 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 bing. Uh, I also saw a walk on the tombstones. I'll just briefly say oh. too much figuring, not enough Liam Neeson kicking uh, ass. A lot of figuring. The, tra- the Taken 3 trailers come out. That's what we want to see. No figuring going on there. Yeah. No. no figuring. Yeah. Not as strong as some of Scott Frank's other screenplays he wrote out of sight and get shorty, but this one was not quite as sharp. I, also, a great book yeah. from what I'm told. I'm a movie guy, but uh, so here's hoping Gone Girl is, is a better way to go. But I can't uh, get out of what you see this week without saying I saw what is easily one of the best films of the year, a movie called Whiplash, coming mm. out with Miles Teller, who is in my could give a fuck about file. Yeah, from yeah. 21 and over, and that awkward moment or whatever. Don't care. Oh, God. He's great in this as a young drummer in a jazz ensemble at the Schaefer Conservatory in New York. I don't know if it's a real place or whatever, but seemed legit. And J.K. Simmons. Who you want to be great in everything is finally yeah. given a big role to be great for a whole movie. He is the uh, super intense Arlie Ermy in Full Metal Jacket ish jazz ensemble conductor and mentor. Parker! Oh, wow. And he's great. <laughs> yeah, Parker! Um, and the two of them just have that for, you know, sparring it out for so whatever it takes to, for, for the young drummer to impress him and for him to whip a jazz ensemble in a shape that goes to competitions. And I won't tell you anything else except. Those two performances carry the day. The dialogue is outstanding uh, and whip-smart and sh- sharp and crazy uh, and, you know, hilarious at times, too, because he's such he's such a prick, the the, the band conductor. Yeah. Um, and it's made really well from the director of, like, The uh, the Last Exorcism 2 or something. What? And now this is the second <laughs> movie, and it's great. So that will be rolling out slowly. Go and see it. Highly recommend. Oh, and as a superhero fan, that's good news because Miles Teller is Mr. Fantastic, I believe, which next I, summer, right? Which if I look at that movie, I do not see it, so I don't, uh, I'd be... I, I, but I it's going to be very strange to, Fantastic I'd be willing you. to check it out now. Yeah. Because he's, he's won me over with this. You know what also isn't good a good sign? They didn't show any Fantastic Four footage at Comic-Con a couple months ago, and the movie's done and shot. Yeah. That's <laughs> a bad sign. Not to skip on to superheroes. Uh, but off, what, off but you topic. saw something that uh, has to uh, I did. I watched Batman Mask of the Phantasm. 
uh, on like recommendations from many different people. That is the animated feature film that came out after Burton's movie before the... After Burton's, but before... uh, I think in conjunction with the first season of the animated show. Exactly. Because it's the same animation style. And some people say that is their favorite Batman movie. Well, you know what? It is. It was a palpably different. You know, I'd seen some of the episodes, but this one was, you know, because it was longer. I had a, he's. It was the first turn of Batman being like kind of a, a badass. In my opinion, you know, like I had a friend the other day who was saying that his son was running around the house wearing a Batman cape, and I was like, "How's your son wearing a Batman cape?" There is nothing that I can show him anymore. The Batman all of a sudden. Right around that George Clooney time, like transversed into this thing that is like this much darker thing, and we give a lot of credit to why am I blanking on his name? Did the last three Batman? Nolan. Nolan. Thank Nolan. you, Christopher Nolan. Uh, we give him all this credit for being like redefining like this darker kind of edgier, and and it wasn't. It was this animated world that kind of took it. It's it's Batman's a badass. He punches people if it if they're in his way, and he knocks the door down on top of him, and then he takes an extra step to step the door on their face like he, he's <laughs> yeah he's a little bit more of a menacing guy to cut back to those of us that have children he said that he let his son watch the original batman that he bought it on like box set and, wa- and watch the original batman because it's fucking harmless it's like pow zap ping, and you know it, it is you mean Anyhow, the tv were, show or tim burton the tv show when yeah. you were talking about it earlier i was like it's so like he's like he's like it's kid friendly like that's why his son can play batman because i'm like how do you I had that moment oh, where I judged yeah. him. Where I was like, "You're letting your son watch Christopher Nolan movie? Yeah. You know, like, how, how is your son?" Might anyhow. Also, I think so, yeah, ideal Batman and Robin, the George Clooney one, I think is ideal for kids. Also, like it wasn't good for adults in '98 or whatever, but '96. Uh, but uh, you know, for kids, you know, for kids. Well, you know, when I show my kids Nemo, I I, ha- I skip that first chapter where the mother has an untimely passing. And I do the same thing with Batman and Robin and my kids. I just skip the whole movie. No, that's an interesting <laughs> one. It's as if I have kids. <laughs> all right, well, let's get on to... Uh, oh, did anybody see anything else? I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that's all I need to say about that. All oh, right. already then. <laughs> uh, on a bet. That's all it earns. On a bet, yeah. <laughs> let's move on to a little something we call... Five. Uh. <laughs> said five. Uh. What? Yeah, five. Uh. <laughs> Question. Five questions for other guests. Oh, yeah. other guests. Now, these are questions <laughs> that we have uh, uh, compiled for other guests who aren't here. So, Matt yeah, Craig, we're going to put them to you. What could go right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, first question, uh, Matt, why did you decide to storm the White House, and where do you plan on storming next in your storming? What? Yeah, well, that's what I, that a lot of people don't know that the reason why I stormed the White House was to bring back the concept of storming as a traveling <laughs> Like I'm gonna, honey, I'm gonna go storm to the grocery store, <laughs> then I'm gonna storm to the hardware store, and then I'm gonna storm home. It's just an aggressive walk, right? So I storm. I just wanted to bring it back. That was the main reason why I stormed it. You I want hashtag more, it, or it won't come back. Like, now it's a thing, right? I'm gonna go get a drink refill. I'm gonna storm for it. You want? <laughs> I thought it was really online? smart that you stormed the White House because I think if you stormed like a ball game, they would just not air it. Yeah. Yeah, they'd I mean, be they'd, like, be like, they'd be like, this guy's really, he's just a big fan. And then yeah. when you get there, nobody cares. Nobody cares. They would watch the, the news attention. that night, see a, a, an unfettered uh, White House and go, well, it seems storming is once again yeah, finally. coming back to the United States. Sweetie, what are you doing? I'm storming around the block oh, this morning. Back. Get us back. <laughs> I got a new Fitbit. It tells me how much storming <laughs> I've done. How much storming I've been doing? Oh, I, got, I got eight hours of sleep and I apparently walked 44 miles. I stormed 44 miles today, honey. <laughs> I like that you've popularized storming short distances, too. Some oh, people yeah. have yeah. to go a whole White House lawn. Yeah. I'm just going to storm to the kitchen. No, you know, <laughs> it's just how you walk. It's like a hub. It's like a trot or a gallop. It's right in there. It's That's like smart. trot, gallop, storm. 
And then it's full out run. No, I didn't like run to the White House. I stormed it. Stormed it. This it's might like explain why walk. my whole barging campaign isn't. Yeah, your barging campaign is way uh, behind. Kids love the storming. I, I barge, but barging yeah. is so slow though. Uh, yeah. You used to, by the time that I stormed the White House yeah. and and got almost to the door and able to kill the president, you were just barging your way through the gates. It was ridiculous. Same strength, but yes, yeah, much yeah. slower. You would barge ten feet by the time I was in the prison, like that fast. It and is an antiquated. Next, I'm planning on storming this Krispy Kreme place because, come on, right? these are off the charts. These donuts are incredible. Now, Matt. Yes. Now that Ebola has come to America, what do you predict will be America's next top virus? Oh, cat scratch fever. <laughs> the song uh, or the fever? Both. I think <laughs> an outbreak will be caused by listening to the song. Uh, Ebola, there's only one, though, right? It's in Dallas? Yeah, yeah there's one, one so known far. virus. So the next virus, then, would have to be... I mean, if Ebola's here, what could be next? It could. I think the next virus is going to be the thing that like allows us to to breathe Ebola. Like, I think it's just, this is the turning point. It's a competitor virus. Well, we'll adapt to it, right? And there'll be the it's like the sneeches. Like some of us will be immune to it, some of us <laughs> won't be immune to it. So we'll get a star in our belly. That's exactly right. And the ones with the stars on ours, will be will be. They're immune. We're immune. Mm-hmm. No and star it upon has ours. nothing to do with physical health. It okay. just has to do with outward appearance. You That's where we're heading, I think. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're headed there anyway. <laughs> That's where Ebola generation. is taking us. Superficial yeah. virus, are you saying? Yeah, it's like it, it's yeah, it's going to pick and choose based on. You did say sneeches. Yeah, oh, the yeah. star bellied star belly okay. sneeches with stars upon theirs. All right, now, Matt, now that you've been born to the daughter of one of America's top political dynasties, the question on everyone's mind is: Will you be running for office in 2052? Um. By then. Based on the previous question, there will really only be like 10 or 12 of us left. <laughs> it would be pretty easy to capture that whole yeah, corner, and, yeah. Uh, That's some competitive voting. I haven't looked at these right. questions. I just, I'm now I'm, I just want to make sure I, I think I know who I am. Yes, well, the Clinton family has a long Clinton, okay, history yeah. of... Did she have her child? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're um, the daughter, so that's important because uh, it would be a woman so for president. You're only two weeks old now, but the question on everybody's mind... Are you going to run? Are you running for office? <laughs> well, when did this happen, though, that there was this idea that, like, why do we even... Like, I know there was a talk of Jeb Bush, but why are there, like, family dynasties when it comes know. to something that's elected? I think it's... I know, right? It shouldn't have to... It's not like we're going for queen or something. Yeah. It should be based on it's merit. It's really bizarre. I mean, like, I, you are know, you going to break that tradition? I am going to break it because I am going to go by this. By that point, I'll be on my ninth marriage. Right. Three same sex. And you'll be DJing six. in Vegas. Yeah, I'll be living it up. Totally. Uh, I think I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna bust out. I'm gonna be the. the everyone's gonna say like that's Bill's that's side of the too, family. Too much dirt to run at that point. <laughs> yeah. Bill's. It's Billy's side. Awesome. I I also will probably be his rough height and weight when. Back in early, like when he was governor of Arkansas, not now when he oh. looks a little bit like someone needs to give him a hot sandwich. <laughs> yeah, hot Clinton, chubby <laughs> Billy when he was out. You know, I have a I have an actual uh, campaign button from the nineteen from nineteen ninety one, but for, for prior to ninety two when he won. Uh, when remember when he played saxophone on, mm-hmm. on yep. Arsenio Arsenio Hall yeah. show, let the dogs out. But is, so the button has him on the left hand side of it playing a sac- saxophone, and this is prior, obviously, to all the Monica Lewinsky thing. And on the right, it says "Blow Bill Blow." <gasps> oh, oh, that's fantastic! Oh. So I'm gonna just keep that, in, you know, like that's "Blow Bill Blow." Amazing. Someone took that as orders. Yeah, and she was like, <laughs> "I will blow Bill Blow. Oh, that's I will." Amazing. Uh, I actually have a question, um, yep. somewhat related to the Ebola. Uh, if I pick it, will it indeed get infected? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it d- depends on um, 
it, where you are. Oh, okay. If you're inside, it depends on the environment around you. But yeah, if you pick, I it, wash my hands a lot, so hopefully that helps. Well, picking is it's a lot. Picking is a lot like barging. <laughs> it's a slow gouging process. Yeah, like you're, you're like kind of like working at it. Yeah. If you stormed it, which the equivalent <laughs> of picking in the storming world would be like jab, right? Oh, if okay. I jab it, will it get infected? No. no. In and out, nice and clean. <laughs> you barge into something, you're there longer. Yeah. Picking doesn't help you any. Picking doesn't help Yeah. Pardon me, I gotta go jab my nose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go storm my nostrils. <laughs> storm my nostrils. Uh, final question. Now that you've had a big celebrity wedding in Venice, who do you regret never having had sex with? Oh. Present company excluded. That would be awkward. <laughs> I uh, I had a guest starring role. I played a uh, cabana boy in an early fantasy island episode. <laughs> and... Um, Herve Villachez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I had an Pretty opportunity, hot. and um, yeah, it just didn't it didn't work out. It didn't pan out. You had so. the opportunity. Kind of a looker. Like, oh, I had presented. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, he... <laughs> He's kind of a looker <laughs> in that you had to look down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, he, you know, we had a short affair. Is that... <laughs> blow her What could blow. possibly go right? <laughs> what could possibly... <laughs> Wait a minute, who had to... I, I'm so out of touch, obviously. You're George Clooney in that question. Oh, George Clooney <laughs> fucking got married in Venice. Okay, yeah, that's right. Well, didn't you think Venice, California? Anyway, I think I've figured out the problem with this yeah. bit, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Well, and I have to admit that I saw Just at that. the very end go, am, George Clooney. Am so I George. crazy to think that George Clooney got, has gotten married like 10 times in the last 10 years it like he like gets it. married Feels a lot like it. no it's the first time first is time, it really he yeah. just dates people because i saw well. that headline that like george clooney got and my brain was like i'm done with this one and i was like <laughs> looking for something else to you know i really do think i thought he had been married several times he wants to kill you dick <laughs> <laughs> he wants to storm See, you we dick. rarely get <laughs> topical we try to prevent it well i just this just shows how daft i am i'm so out of the loop right now of daft now that's a good name for a Clinton child, I think. Daft. <laughs> Daft or, or, or an improv child. Or Daft, Daft Clinton. Daft Clinton. <laughs> Daft Clinton. All right, well, let's uh, now take a look at Karen's weekly look at those movie makers whose parents were baby makers as we bring the show to a close with Karen's birthdays. And here we go. All right, so we're going to start off our birthdays by wishing a happy birthday to Julie Andrews, who turns 75, 79, Ooh. but can play anywhere from the original Super Nanny to a dame of all things. Now, you know her for being prim and proper, winning the Academy Award for Mary Poppins. But my favorite Julie Andrews performance was when her husband, Blake Edwards, had her show her boobs in SOB. Did any of you see that? A couple times. Hilarious movie. Hilarious. And she is a nice rat. Oh, now I'm going to see it. Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm going to see it. At least go online and check it out because you could just see that she's so happy. You can see that she's so happy while she's doing it. I think she's finally like, Like, screw everybody. I'm showing my tits. I don't know SOB, but I know the video cover because I worked in a video store for so long. There's certain movies I don't know, but I could tell you exactly what the video box cover looks like. And it's a weird animated bull with like a middle finger or something. Yeah. It's a bull in a director's chair. Oh, is it in the director's chair? Yeah, okay, to show you that. There you yeah, there. Hey! And that's the exact right copy that we had at Center Stage Video, yeah. Oxford, I Ohio. Had, I hang on to shit. So. Wait a minute. It's even got the barcode on it. Oh, man. 
Hollywood gets it in the jugular <laughs> I'm gonna, variety. I'm going to storm this movie later. <laughs> I imagine she could only do that for her husband, right? Yeah. Blake got got Mary Poppins to show the world her tits. That's Absolutely. Fuck, that's the best. Need to see now, movie. did you know that in 1998 she had some routine thir- surgery on her vocal cords? It was a little node, non-cancerous, and the guy doing the surgery messed it up oh, and ruined her voice. Yes. No. Really? Unbelievable. Routine How surgery. You, I oh bet that's God. a pretty good lawsuit. All right. So they sued. <laughs> And eventually settled out of court to an undisclosed uh, settlement. You know why that money. happened? Why? Because any doctor capable of doing that was smart enough to know not to take the chance. Yeah. So they had to go to Nick, upstairs Hollywood doctor, <laughs> to do it. <laughs> I wow. wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Maybe that's I remember it. that story. I'm like, how Isn't do you that fuck that crazy? up? Oh god. But I'm just thinking, even though she can't sing, she can always fall back on porn. No rack. Speaking of great cans, let us wish a happy birthday to Susan Sarandon, who turns 67 but can play oh, anywhere God. from a sexy vixen to a grandmother. No, With actually, let yeah. me take that back. <laughs> she can't do that? She can't play a grandmother. She tried to play a grandmother in Tammy, and I did not buy it. I could not get into it. She just is still... She may not be uh, young kitten hot, but she's still... The math is there, but Woman she's luxurious. Yeah. yeah, you still look at her and go, she's awesome. She's, I'd fuck her. And uh, I didn't feel that she was over the hill. Cloris Leachman, however, could have played that role, I think, because she had more of that. She had the spunk, but she also had the I kind of look like but an old Cloris lady. Cloris Leachman is in that like kind of scary area right now, isn't she? That like Kind of like where Nick Nolte is and, yeah. Bill, and Bill Cosby, where you're like, oh, you're in that cusp of you're about to like turn the entire world to like. You're unreliable. I think we, she's still a little fun, though. Cloris? Yeah, I mean, like, if you get... The, but what I'm worried. What has she been in recently? Huh? Has Cloris Leachman been in something recently? She just did Raising Hope for George Clooney. Yeah, okay. and we just saw her live. She was speaking at <laughs> she did George Clooney yeah. at the bachelor party. George Clooney was in Cl- Cloris Leachman. We just saw her given um, Mel... Mel... Uh, Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, I almost said Gibson. Gibson. Mel Gibson. A hard time, and she was just out awesome. of hand. I did a show one time where she came out, and she did a speech before the play, and... She, the the guest of honor was this lady called the uh, Supreme Master, which is all crazy anyway. But Cloris Leachman just made it sound like she was a drunk and just made <laughs> jokes about the woman <laughs> during the presentation, and it was yeah. kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. See, the so, Cosby, yeah. though, he could get on a rant where he Enough just wouldn't be funny way. anymore. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm worried about. Going. I think she'd still she's, be funny, even if she's loony. Maybe she doesn't know where she is. She if seems a little crazy. At least pinpoint that exact moment when <laughs> someone goes from like being like beloved oh, yeah. to... You've slipped into the other side. Yeah, there's got to be a name for that moment. Uh, I just have a fun game here for the table. Uh, We saw Julie Andrew. Well, I saw her breasts and SOB. What movie do I ask of you? Do we see Susan Sarandon's girls? There's two of them that I know of. Not Bull Durham. Uh, No, we don't see them there, but she's hot in that. The back ish. Thelma and Louise? Nope, not so much, but that's a good guess. No. That's bra and panties. That's bra and panties, though it's still hot. I'm talking flesh. And one of them is a lesbian scene with Catherine Deneuve. Whoa. Oh. What? Yeah, look that up when you Don't get home. Don't know this one. The it's Client? Called, it's called The Hunger. Oh, that's uh, Tony Scott directed that. Yep. She's in that with Catherine Deneuve. Jesus, I don't Do know that Do a little movie. lesbian action. And White <laughs> Palace. And I don't know White Palace, uh, but that's what they said. White Palace sex scene is the craziest, most awesome scene ever. James Spader's asleep. He wakes up. She's on top of him. It's the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest. Oh, well, good. Excellent. And lastly, let's wish a happy- the older woman just owning him. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's wish a happy I could birthday. Go on. Yeah. Please do. Happy Please birthday do. to Zach Galifianakis, who turns 45, but can play, he can play anywhere from funny to furry. And 
And this is actually a trifecta for the movie guy's uh, birthdays. It's a hat trick. Today, I have three people who've been naked in movies, all in my birthdays, and it's very exciting. Now, can you tell me which movies Zach Galifianakis has been naked in? Completely? Balls and Penis? Balls and Penis. Really? Franks and Beans? <laughs> wow. Well, now, in one of them, I don't know if his Balls and Penis, but we see ass. Yeah. Probably The Hangover. Yeah. He's got to be naked somewhere, right? But yeah. then, this is what cra- cracked me up, is he's naked in a movie that we have not heard of that came out August 22nd of 2014. Called "Are You Here?" Hmm. Huh. Anybody... I think the answer is no. No. I like, I like that Karen put these together and was like, "I wonder if any of these people have been naked." And then she found <laughs> out that they'd all been naked. Like you, you had to do an extra it, special search. It's a hundred. It's a hundred twenty-minute film of him pointing at his penis. <laughs> Look at this. Are and you then, here? Are you here? He, he, Scarlett Johansson he, he got naked in that movie this summer, and everybody heard about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying that didn't open to a great release. But anyway, Lee. You know how much I love hearing celebrities sing. People ask me all the time, yes. tell me two interesting things about Karen. First, she wants to be naked in a movie. Sure. Second of all, she loves to hear celebrities sing. And yeah. so I thought, well, since we had Julie Andrews on the birthdays this week, of course we won't listen to her sing. We will listen <laughs> she to- She sings a lot. Right. We'll listen to Zach Galifianakis <gasps> sing- Much better choice. A beautiful rendition of Ave Maria, Ave Maria from Hangover 3. Uh-huh. By the way, after this- Not bad, By the way, I would like to tell you that Matt Craig has some pipes on him as well. There is a special song I would like to request him to sing. For I've known Matt for a while, but we did not both realize we were both from Dayton, Ohio, until a couple years ago. And when. Uh, we made the connection that we were both from Dayton, Ohio. Matt immediately launched into a uh, favorite local commercial oh, of it. my youth. Matt, Craig, before you leave the show, would you please sing the Voss theme <laughs> from the... If your car is acting funny, making sounds you've never heard, like a screaming wounded banshee, you're a wild and woolly bird. Next time you buy a car, heed my word. Then a horse head would come yeah, in and he'd go... Get a boss. <laughs> Chevrolet. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That is a Dayton connection. That was so Dayton good. Anything described as woolly is just the best. I know. It's a weird one. It's such a weird commercial. Get it a sticks boss. with you. It climbs in your head. All right, that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at TheMovieGuys on Facebook.com slash TheMovieGuys as well as YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, all that shit. Thanks to Matt Craig. Yay, Mr. Craig. What are we plugging? Where do we find oh, out? Man. I do an improv uh, on a monthly basis here in Los Angeles with Frank Frank and Matt, which you can go to frankandmatt.com, and you can find out next show is October 14th, and then again the 28th, and we're all the time. Uh, and I write on a show right now called Wabbit, which will launch. It's a new Bugs Bunny short. It'll launch in April of 2015, so if you can, cool. mark your calendars. New Bugs Bunny <laughs> should be very <laughs> for April. Yeah. Outstanding. All right, and thanks to Steve Scholes for his writing contributions Yay, to Steve. the show every hey, week. Steve. And remember, you can always find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. We'll be back next week with something for Adam, Dracula what? Untold. Oh. Something oh, for Karen, excited. the judge. And something for, well, we're not sure, but also opening is Alexander in the terrible, horrible, no good, <laughs> very bad day. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, we'll see you then. Yay!